right, good morning, Orchard Church. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. How about the worship this morning? Give, them, give these guys a good hand. Turn to Romans 7 this morning. We're going to be in, uh, in verses right in Romans 7, 15 through 25. Now this morning, uh, Doug and Shelly and Marcial and, and about 19 others are in Israel as we speak. We've already seen messages on Facebook and I've received texts from them uh, just saying how they're doing and, and, and what they're doing and, and that they're praying for us. But this is what I had to think about. You know, you know, Pastor Doug broke his collarbone about 10 days ago, right? And then Monday he had surgery, but did you know he was with Marcial when he broke his collarbone? And then he had the surgery Monday and then Friday he's going with Marcial to Israel. I don't get it. I don't quite get that. But he's doing well. He's doing well. What, what energy Pastor Doug has to be able to do all of that and go on to Israel. But let's be praying for them and thinking of them as they... Uh, we want them to stay safe and get back to us. But we want them to enjoy their time while they're, they're there. Uh, this morning, let's go to the Lord and pray before we get into our message. God, we thank you so much for a day that we can say we love you. And God, we can just uh, pour our hearts... Uh, and put our hearts into your hands, God. This morning, we just ask for um, just an open heart, open ears to hear. And God, I pray that you would be honored and glorified with what's said today, uh, with what is done today, the changes that you make, God. We give this to you. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, who can agree? I need, I need you to help me out this morning. Who can agree that uh, life is tough this morning? Life can get tough. Uh, that we live in an imperfect world, that we need victory in our life, and that none of us have a perfect life. Two hands, two feet, right? All of them up. That we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Is that not true? All of us have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Many of you might know that we, we have a ministry called Celebrate Recovery that meets every Monday night at 6.30. And... Um, Celebrate Recovery covers all of those questions that we just answered. And what's cool about that, every Monday night when we go there, this is how I would start out uh, speaking in the group. It would go something like this. Y'all follow me. Uh, Hi, my name is Kevin. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And then at that time, the rest of the crowd would say, hello, Kevin. And then I would go on to tell about my hurts, habits, and hangups that have been in my life, the struggles that I've dealt with, um, how the Lord has taken me from A to Z in my life, and going through Celebrate Recovery, and just going through life, and how God has helped me through God's word. Um, I want to do that this morning, so be ready, okay? You know what to do. Hi, my name is Kevin, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. All right, I love it. It makes me feel welcome. It makes me feel better. The nerves are gone now. Well, I've struggled and am struggling and will struggle with many things in my life. The last time I was able to speak to you guys, it was uh, concerning a little bit of hurt that came in my life when, uh, when, when I was growing up. Uh, as, as a child, I grew up with a dad that was an alcoholic, and there was a lot of hurts that came from that. I didn't know what was going to happen each day I went home uh, to know where my dad was going to be, happy drunk, sad drunk, uh, mean drunk. We didn't know. Um, but uh, today, I could say, as Paul Harvey would say, here's the rest of the story. Who got that? Anybody? All right, all right, good. I was thinking maybe, maybe not. Uh, but the rest of the story, I told you that at the age of 14, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior. 
And, and from there, I knew the Lord had a plan for me. So I surrendered within a year for full-time service to go off to Bible college. I went off to Bible college after gradu- graduating from Sulphur Springs High School, and I went to bi- Bible college and had four great years of learning and, and uh, being ministered to and people pouring into me to learn ministry. And then I realized I'm going into ministry. I'm single. I'm not that bad looking. And so what do I need for ministry? A wife. You got to have a wife to go into ministry. And so this is the rest of the story. Um, I'm in the college class there in in Springfield and and, uh, this young lady walks in and I... Even other counselors said, oh, I saw your heart just kind of go pitter-patter. And I, I, I met this young lady, and I realized this, this might be it, you know. She might be the one. And so love was in the air. I started dating. Um, dating was good, but there was some up and ups and downs with that dating relationship. I had saved myself for this one, and I decided she was the one for me to continue the rest of my life with, to continue ministry with for the rest of my life. And then, how many know my wife, Elizabeth? Some of you have met Elizabeth. I'm not talking about her this morning. (laughs) But I am talking about my first wife. I was married once before. And and, uh, within two years of being married uh, to this young lady, and I thought these great things were going to happen, I heard the most devastating words when we sat down after two years of marriage. She said, I don't love you, and I don't know that I ever have. And for me, whoa, blew me away. And I did everything that I could or that I thought I could to to make this work, to salvage this marriage, to go, no, this is ministry. I've got to have, you've got to be a part. If this happens, can I be in ministry? Is this even going to be a part? And there was so much hurt and doubt in my life that happened. But unfortunately, the marriage ended and uh, an annulment was uh, signed and and. And that was it. What was I to do? I experienced hurt with a dysfunctional family with my father. This hurt that came from from this just tore me up, tore me up. And there was a sense of failure. I felt abandoned. And really, I didn't know where I was going to go from there. But as I say that, I realize or recognize that everyone in here not one of us are, are free from hurts, habits, and hangups. Not one of us. Um, and as a leader in Celebrate Recovery, I've, I've come to realize this as I've, I've been a part uh, since April of Celebrate Recovery and then was a part of Celebrate Recovery back in Midland, Texas about nine years ago. Um, I've come to find this out. I'm finding that, that for many people, they need to hear that it's okay to not be okay, but then also not to stay there, Right? Don't stay there. And, and I'm finding, too, that, that people need to know and be told uh, what a hurt habit and hang-up is. Sometimes we don't even realize what's really holding us down and, and keeping us from the best relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. So just going through what a hurt, what a habit, what a hang-up really is in our life. And then, so today, let's talk a moment and just define those words. Can we do that this morning before we get into Romans? First of all, the, the hurt. I've told you a little bit about mine, and I know you guys have them. But what is a hurt? 
any life experience that may have damaged your heart. And if you go to your notes on the back of your newsletter, you can fill that in. A hurt is any life experience that may have damaged your heart. It's an offense from someone else that has caused us to have this pain or even get a twisted mind of what our relationship should be like with other people, with our Lord, and sometimes even with ourselves, it twists that up. That, those hurts do that. And a few of those that I guarantee some of you can relate to. The, the list is up there and it can go on and on. But abandonment, abortion, abused as a child or abused by a spouse, adoption, betrayal. Many of those we see how, how we can be offended and hurt by other people. And it affects you. And many of you are sitting here today going... Yeah, but I can deal with that. I can take care of that. But you've been saying that for years and years. Have we really taken care of it? Then it's habits. How do you define habits? I think you probably know what those are. But let's define it. Unhealthy patterns that often start as a perceived remedy for some problem in your life, but end up turning into a chronic bad behavior or addiction. Unhealthy patterns. Starts out just something filling that void, that depression, that anxiety, but it has nothing to do with the Lord. And then it becomes a repetitive habit that is unhealthy for your life. And some of those are going to be up there. These seem more external to me when I think of, of habits. It's more of the outcome of what's going on inside. So stuff like abusive behavior, we start being abusive. Alcoholism, bitterness, cheating, affairs, unmarried sex, self-mutilation, sex addiction. All of this list we can look at and go, hmm, have I been there? Do I have a habit? What should I do with that now? And then lastly, I think probably the, the one that, that when you say it, I'm like, well, what does that really mean? Hang-ups. What's a hang-up? Hang-ups are roadblocks that keep you from progressing further in God's plan for your life. Roadblocks that keep you from progressing further in God's plan for your life. Maybe it's often something that's shaped by something or, or bent our thinking because of something that's going on inside. And some of the things that I know we take care of and try to deal with in our 12-step program on Monday nights and then starting up our, our step study program as well on Thursday nights um, is anger, anxiety, worry, arrogance, body image problems, bullying, uh, codependency, control. It just goes on and on. Procrastination, pride, perfectionism. And you go, oh, you hit me. Oh, that's, oh, and my toes are hurt. But we can identify. Can you identify with any of those hurts, habits, and hangups? I know I can in every area, in every hurt, under the subject of habit, under the subject of hangup. It's, I've been there. And then what do we do with that? How do we deal with those hurts and hang-ups? How do we pick up the pieces after the hurts have occurred? Or have we just left them alone and we're still being affected by those hurts? Regardless of the problem, we need victory. 
We need victory from whether it's an emotional, financial, relational struggle, whether it's spiritual, sexual, or whatever, regardless of what it is, we need victory over it. And the victory is found in one, it's one way, it's in God's word, it's in Jesus Christ, and we're going to look into that today. Um, Now, many of you, I think, maybe, have seen the movie Nutty Professor. Who's seen the Nutty Professor? Well, I didn't realize there were two versions of the Nutty Professor. Who knew that? Some of you did. I did not know that until I was studying and found this. But there's a Jerry Lewis version and there's an Eddie Murphy version. And the Eddie Murphy version is my favorite version. This is where Eddie Murphy plays a professor, uh, Professor Klump. And he is, has found a serum to basically make himself go from that to this. I mean, it makes him into uh, the exact opposite of a gentle and considerate Professor Kelp, actually Clump. But he, help, he keeps taking the serum because it gives him a taste of life that he had never had. He, he, get, he relishes the attention he receives. He becomes addicted to it. And then he can't give it up, even though it nearly destroys his life. Now, this is a Hollywood movie, right? And we know happy endings happen with the Hollywood movies, but that's not how it happens with, in real life, is it? It's not how it happens in real life. So today we're going to read from the book of Romans and see uh, how Paul struggled. And we hear the pain and the anxious and the frustration and everything that we're talking about here of in, within Paul's life. You're going, Paul, the one that wrote, most, a lot of the New Testament. And you hear the struggle. You hear the Jekyll and Hyde of his life. And let's read that together. And you're, there's some uh, lines underlined here that I want you to help me with. It says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right. What does it say? I want to do what is right, right but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I And then, but if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that... What's that again? Nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. It goes on to say, I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, when I want to do what is I inevitably do what is I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is the Lord Jesus. Ah, I said it wrong. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Different version, right? The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Can you sense the struggle? And I know when I get very uh, in devotion time, we're just reading and then in prayer, and I read that, I'm like, oh, God, I, I, 
I see what Paul is talking about. I'm there right now. It's like a tug of war back and forth. Good, bad, I want to do this, but I do that. I don't want to do this, but I do that instead. And we can relate to this battle that Paul is having in Romans. Now, if I haven't convinced you already and you're, and you're still going, mm, I'm not sure, Kevin. I'm not sure that I really have that many struggles. Let me ask you this, and y'all help me out. Raise your hand. Do you ever stay up late when you know you should go to bed? Oh, yeah. Too many times, too many times. Do you ever eat more calories than you want and more than your body needs? All, all things in the air. You jump up. Uh, do you ever feel like you ought to exercise, but you don't? Yeah? Yeah, so, several of you saw me checking in at rec center about a month ago. You haven't seen that in about a month. Yeah, I need to be back there. Um, uh, do you ever feel, do you ever know the right thing to do, but you don't do it all the time? Do you ever know something is wrong, but you do it anyway? This is what Paul's talking about. Have you ever, some of you are just going, I'm just going to leave my hand up. <laughs> Have you, have, I, I'm there with you. Have you ever tried to control somebody or something and found it was uncontrollable or they were uncontrollable? We thought we could change them, right? I can change them. No way. If your answer is yes to any of those questions, welcome to the human race. Yes? No. So we're all in need. We all need to conquer hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And I've explained a little bit about my life. I'm going to explain a little more in a little bit. But, uh, but for the remainder of our time, I want to look at three, simply look at three steps to conquering our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Um, first of all, we need to recognize the cause. And probably in these verses, you're going, I know the cause. I know the cause, but let's look at it. Psalms 51 says, for I was born a... What? For I was born a... Not a good person, not okay person, not, um, yeah, I'm sort of there. It's a sinner. I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, not a, not a single person. Not a single person on earth is always good and never sins. You have some fill in the blanks to fill in that sinner and single person. Uh, many believe, though, that we can get through the muck and the yuck of sin, don't we? We think we can handle it on our own. Oh, yeah, I can take care of that. I'll take care of that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, in the next month, I'm going to have control of that. In the next year, by then, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And you do it on your own. Uh, listen to what my three-year-old daughter taught me at Village Inn. Who's ever been to Village Inn? Yeah? My kids love Village Inn, and they only want the hot chocolate when we go there. That's the main reason they go to Village Inn and want to go to Village But we went to Village Inn in Springfield, three years old, went, to, went with some great friends of ours. And so uh, Elizabeth, for some reason, wasn't with me, but just Lily and I and my other kids, and then my friends were sitting here. And we're sitting at the table, and you know the condiments that sit right in the front, the little jelly stack of, gel, uh, of little square jellies? Well, first thing Lily does... Isn't she cute? She's five there, so she's grown up and got a lot smarter than me. But she pulls that tray of jellies to her. And you know what she's going to do. It's a puzzle. And she starts playing with the jellies and taking them out. And at first I'm thinking, oh, I'm talking, she's fine. But then just within a little bit, she's getting sticky all over. And one of them has opened. And, and I'm, I'm like, baby... We got, you can't play with that. No, that's a no. Let's put that away. I'm cleaning it up. I put it away. And she just looks at me like, mm, dad. 
And I go, all right, I'm, I'll put it right in front of you, the sucker, right? She's got me. She's got me right there. Pull it to the front of her, and I, I say, now, Lily, I'm going to set it here, and you just look at it, and you just watch it. I know you like doing that, right? Don't touch it. Just leave it alone, honey. And I start to talk, and within like 10 seconds, she's like, I can't, I can't do it. And she just grabs them and it's like in this frantic, like I'm taking them out. She's taking them out and she's smiling at me like, please don't be angry at me, daddy. And she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And what an awesome lesson for us this morning. When we're talking about these habits, these hurts, these hangups, I can't do it on my own. My three-year-old recognizes this, this nature, sin nature that was in, within her, this sin nature that is within us. We can't do it. We can't take care of it. God had to provide for us to do that, to take care of it. Can I exclaim from the rooftops, I can't do it. I can't carry the weight of sin. I can't carry the grip of sin. I, I'm drawn close to all the worldly things and I can't pull away from them. I can't do it. The Bible has a word for it, though, is that sin nature. That's the cause. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. Sin leads to death. In Romans 7, 20, Paul says again, Now, if I do what I do not want to do, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. I know this sounds a real close to the devil made me do it, but can I tell you this? Satan, the devil, is not omnipresent. What is always with us, though, is our flesh. And flesh is weak, and it's sin that is the cause. Our flesh is weak. It's with us all the time. Satan isn't. So don't be blaming him. Don't be blaming the people beside you. Don't be looking over there. There's them. They're the ones that caused it. There's the one that caused it. It's it's that sin nature that's within us. Um, some of you may be thinking, how does a hurt end up really being my fault? You know, I told you about my dad. I told you about my first wife and the hurts that came from that. But when we're thinking of this idea of sin, many times those hurts that were an offense from someone else who is a sinner, right? Those hurts turn into some of these habits those hurts can turn into some hang-ups because of where that was rooted. It was rooted even from sin because the one that did it to us, that offended us, it was even from sin that that was caused. And so uh, first step to conquering our hurts, habits, and hang-ups is to recognize the cause, and we see that it's definitely sin. Next, we need to understand, understand and realize the consequences of this. When we don't allow Jesus and our Lord to help us with these hurts, habits, and hangups, and we have that sin living in our life, uh, there's four things that are very clear that happens to me that, that probably you've seen happen to you. But the first thing is fear. We have fear in our life. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. He has not given us the spirit of fear. But you know what? When I'm in sin and I'm thinking of my hurts and my habits and hang-ups, I am all about afraid of what somebody else is going to think of me. I am all about when I don't want to be honest with you, when I don't want to be honest and, and celebrate recovery on Monday nights, I am thinking of how fearful and afraid I am that if I were to tell you that, are you going to think I'm not perfect? I'm not. Or I'm, are you going to think that, oh, he did that. And, and there's this fear that comes over if it's, instead of going, no, I need to get this out of my life. Uh, it is not fear that God wants for my life. He wants, what does it say? Power, love, self-discipline. He wants those things in my life, not fear. And then also in seven, Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? God doesn't want us to have that fear in our lives, guys. He wants that out of our life. The second consequence that we need to recognize is frustration. I don't know about you, but when I'm having a bad week, I need to check. How's the sin in my life? Where is the sin in my life? Is there sin in my life? Am I thinking of those hurts? Am I, am I letting my habits and, and, and hang-ups control my life instead of allowing the spirit of the Lord that Doug has talked about these last, this last series control my life instead of my flesh? But I get frustrated. Life seems frustrating when I'm right in the middle of the muck. Right in the middle just like Lily got all frantic and frustrated about not being able to touch those jellies and play with it. Same in our lives. We're right in the middle of it. In John 16, 33, it says, I have told you all this so that you may have... Isn't that word awesome? Just to say it. That you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Nothing else. Jesus has overcome the world. Paul even recognizes that this evil is all around. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. So not only is there fear that we need to recognize and the frustration when it's in our life, we need to check our, our, life, our life and see where are we in this idea of our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. But third, we need to recognize the consequence of fatigue. I saw somebody, I saw somebody yawning just now. I'm looking at you. Fatigue. When you're in the middle of your hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and you've lived a lifetime of not dealing with them, you just flat out get worn out. You're exhausted. Exhausted from life. And what's going on around us? And this is, this is, these are some awesome scripture right here from David in Psalms 32. And it just makes me read them and go, oh, yes, I want that. He says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me all my guilt is gone. All my guilt is gone. That's where I want to live, where that 
is not a part of my life anymore. I'm allowing Jesus to work in my life. It go, it, this, this scripture goes on to say, Therefore let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. What a place to be where David was right there after just giving it to the Lord. Now, Today, you're, you may be worn out and you ask yourself, uh, what are you running from? What am I running from? What's keeping me going and going and going and going and going where I'm just worn out like this? Is it any of these hurts, habits, and hangups? Are you giving it to God? Are you confess, confessing them to God? Are you saying, God, I can't do it on my own? It's gotta be you. Your word says it's you. Finally, not only is their fear that we need to recognize and the frustration and the fatigue, but one of the things that comes along right with all of this when we're talking about sin is failure. Failure. When we try to conquer sin on our own without the Lord and his word, you're guaranteed to fail. Proverbs 28, 13 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. They will receive mercy. Sometimes we just need to realize, we just need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest with the people around us. We need to be honest with our Lord and just get those feelings out that circle around this idea of those hurts, habits, and hangups. Revealing our feeling is the beginning of healing. Revealing our feelings is the beginning of healing. And guys, can I tell you this? Uh, what we've already seen in Celebrate Recovery is just that. There's anonymity there, and I'm not going to talk about anybody in particular, but there are so many lives already coming to Monday night service uh, with Celebrate Recovery that have started out in a life of anger and addiction, and they've come through to the point of going, I know it's Jesus that I need. I've been, a, and so many, of, many people come and they go, I've been saved since I was seven and eight years old, but I've never released the hurt and the habit and hang up in my life. I've never given it to Jesus and said, Jesus, it's you that's gonna take care of this. Yet they're living this life that just is a tug of war. And instead of daily giving it back to him, they just hold on to it. We just hold on to it. Also in Celebrate Recovery, there's people that have overcome, that are overcome with doubt and fear and anxiety, and they're being set free in the name of Jesus. Uh, there are people opening up with anger and addiction and failure that has caused a collapse in their marriage, but we see that their marriage is mending now because they're coming and going, I want to take care of this now. I have to take care of this now, or my life is in shambles. Maybe you need Celebrate Recovery. Maybe you need to know that Monday night is for you at the ministry center at 6.30. It's a time for you to finally just say in a safe place, I need to be done with this. I need to let go of this. I need to let Jesus take care of it. I am powerless. I'm tired of denying the struggle that I have. I'm tired of denying that I even have a hurt. I'm tired of just hiding it and carrying it on my own. There's some things in my life that for a long time, I never told one person about, not even my closest friend, not even my mom, who I'm very close to, not even my wife, that I'm very close to. And release that and say, God, you've got to take the power. 
You've got to be strength in my life. You've got to be the power in my life. Maybe it's not celebrate recovery. Maybe you just need people around you that can encourage you and help you through a day and another day and another day. And that's what small groups are about. Small groups you can sign up right now. If you have just this much been thinking about, I need to be a part of a small group, then go do it. It's for you to have accountability, to have fellowship, to have friendship here at Orchard Church. Sign up. Orchardgroups.tv. No, com. Orchardgroups.com. If you want more information about Celebrate Recovery, orchardchurch.tv. Go to the ministries tab and you can sign up there if you'd like to come on Monday nights. We'd love to have you. You don't have to sign up, but I'd love to know that you're coming. You can sign up at both of those places. But Paul, I want to go back to where Paul was. He finished up his dialogue seemingly in frustration, right? Very frustrated, we could tell. Saying in verse 24, What a wretched man I am. What will rescue me from this body? Is that what it says? No. It says, What a wretched man I am. Who? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then he answers his own question saying, thank God, say it with me, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The answer is receiving the cure. You're filling the blank, is receiving the cure. Jesus is our cure. We've seen that we recognize the cause is sin. We're recognizing the cause, it's sin. And we see, we see uh, the consequences of having that sin. Then we realize the cure is Jesus. John, 1 John 5, 5 says this, and read it with me. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Again, here it does not say what can win this battle against the world, but it says who, and that who is Jesus. And I know we think about Sunday school and for kids, and it's like the answer is always Jesus, isn't it? The answer is always Jesus. He keeps it simple for us. It's Him. It is Him that can get us through these hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I tell you this firsthand. I've been there. And I know you've been there. And this is just like 10% of my life and the hurts and habits and hang-ups that have come up and just stumped me. An alcoholic father, not emotionally there. He's not, he wasn't present. I felt the hang-ups that came along with uh, my, life, my, my first wife saying, um, I never loved you. Can I tell you this, with all that rejection, with all that feeling of abandonment, can I tell you, my Lord has never, not once, left me. I can stand here firm, grounded in the one who has saved my soul and daily wants a relationship with me and daily wants to carry my load for me. Never has he left me nor forsaken me. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. Paul says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being our Father. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for Jesus and for overcoming the world. 
right now I want to talk to believers. Many of you are here today and say, Kevin, I've been dealing with, with it for years, this hurt habit and hang up. And I've never, even though I know Jesus as my Savior and I believe, I've never turned this over to him. Or maybe you're here and saying, I need to turn it back over to him today. I don't want this hurt, habit, and hang-up controlling my life. If that's you with those struggles, can you just raise your hand? And I want to pray for you. Raise your hand. That I, I see you all over. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I want to pray for you. God, we thank you for how your truth is so comforting. And it gives us peace to know that Jesus is the answer. God, that today we can come to you and just relinquish the, these hurts and this habit and, and a hang-up that's in our life that has just controlled us each day. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you take these things from us, God, even today. And if we were to give them back in a second, God, that we would be reminded that you're right there with us to take them back for us. God, please help us. Help us today. Thank you for the victories that you've already given us in life. But today... Maybe these folks, myself, need to just turn it back over to you. Now, some of you today have heard about this sin and know that it's only Jesus that could pay that penalty for that sin. And perhaps today you want to receive the gift of salvation. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I was 14 when I asked Jesus to save me. When I realized that it was him that could take the penalty of my sin. This verse says, even though death is result of sin, Jesus says, I'll give you the gift of life. Today, you may want to pray a prayer and ask Jesus to save you today. I'm going to give you the words and it has to come from your heart. You can pray this prayer like this from your heart. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for my sins. Thank you. Thank you for rising again three days later, and I put my trust in you. Forgive me, and I ask you to be the Lord of my life because I believe in you. Because I believe in you. I say yes to you today. Thank you, Jesus with heads still bowed and, and no one looking around. I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I want to pray for you if you've just prayed that prayer and said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to save me today. Can you raise your hand today and I want to pray for you? Anybody in the room? I see you, ma'am. I see you, ma'am. I see you, ma'am. What an important and most important and best decision you could make is to ask Jesus. God, let's, let's celebrate today. God, we thank you for how you save lives even now. God, I thank you for these three that have raised their hand and said, I want to, I, I believe, I believe in Jesus and I want him to be my savior. God, help them start this life with you and this relationship with you even today. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate these guys? That's awesome. If I saw it right, three sisters in Christ coming to know 
the Lord this morning. Um, if you did just accept Christ, I don't, I, we don't take that lightly. We want you to fill out a card and just let us know that you accepted Christ. Just on your, on your card, fill that out so that we can be praying for you. And we'd like to send you a gift that can help you get through this life with Jesus Christ. It's a little book called Seven Steps to Joy. So we want to be able to give you that. So make sure you checkmark that and drop it into the offering bucket um, as we go today. Uh, first time guests, we thank you for being here. Um, I love first time guests. I love you old timers too. But these first time guests, I love seeing new faces who are ready and, and, and willing to go. Orchard might be the place. We know it's an awesome place, right? But they're saying, is this the place for me? If, if I haven't been able to meet you and, and I would love to meet you, come out and see me at the tent afterwards. Also for you though, I want to make sure that you're filling out your uh, connection card to let us know that you are a first time guest because we also have a gift for you uh, to send to you. And uh, right now though, we don't, we're not uh, asking you for your money, just our, get, our, our believers that have been here and are part of Orchard, we're gonna take up our offering now. Um, and just uh, be reminded that first, uh, we give first, we save second, and we learn to live on the rest. And so that's what we're going to do as we take, we take up our offering. Now, next week, Andy Stanley is going to be uh, giving us a message on, listen to this, avoiding election infection. And it's coming, guys. Avoiding election infection. So be here next week for that awesome thing. And now let's worship the Lord through our tithes and offerings. And also listen to what else is going on around here at Orchard. Thank you, guys. <laughs> 